lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf, filling out mock drafts leading up to the actual draft in April, filling out March Madness brackets that are going to be dumpster fires within the first weekend of the tournament here. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a wash party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Good morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Mike Golan Jr. That's still me. With me, as always, making excellent choices, not only for the present, but for his future. Brandon Newman. Brandon, what's going on? Nothing, Mike. Just podcasting with my BFF. I uh, had to comment. So back when we were at Notre Dame, um, I don't even remember. I guess it was the Department of Student Welfare and Development, which like most campuses yes. have gave out shirts everywhere like college is just a wild assortment of free shirts that you get over time that aren't really free because well, most people are paying a ton of tuition so it's the no free lunch principle i would say a bunch of free shirts that are tied to uh events that are planned or or speakers if you will like come listen to this and get a free t-shirt and one of the free t-shirts that you got is the one you're currently donning right now for the non-visual podcast audience that says notre notre choices Nord cho- choices, which is, I don't know if you guys know French, but R, those are our choices. And we had someone come talk to us about responsible drinking and, uh, you know, not, not driving while drunk and the different things, a bunch of horror stories. And I believe this was before you were arrested for underage drinking, right? Yeah, I probably wouldn't at that time. <laughs> this is also the summer before fo- Four Locos. You want to talk about spitting into the wind. We listen to the don't drink and drive stuff. I am... Very confident oh, yeah, saying absolutely. didn't do that stuff, but yeah. as far as just making good choices, I once had three, four locos in a day on an empty stomach in an afternoon. It's a miracle I am still here with us in the 2020, uh, 2022 year of our Lord. So our Lord. make good noter choices out there today, everybody. Um, this is one of those shirts that I wear and my wife hates. So, uh, you know, I, I got to wear it sparingly. Oh, I thought you were going to say you wear it more then. <laughs> I, okay, let's move on. Because it is true. You're right. We have an interesting show today here. And I caught myself saying, we have a great show for you today. Too many times. <laughs> so I had to mix it up and leave a little bit of mystery in here. But we actually have two for the price of one today on the podcast. So what you're going to hear over the course of today's podcast that we have for you is two interviews. We've been doing NFL divisional previews for most of this month now in August as we lead up to the start of the season. Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders is going to come and try and make us really smart here talking about the AFC North, which has a lot of interesting in it. The Bengals were the reigning AFC champions after last year, an unforeseen Super Bowl appearance. So lots to look forward to in that division as Lamar Jackson and the Ravens get healthy. Kenny Pickett, maybe on the field for the Steelers at some point sooner than later we'll see and then the Cleveland Browns have their own mess that we'll try and sort out there but we also have a really cool surprise for you guys uh last week a viral video came out of Duke football which I know is not something that a lot of people always expect but Chance Lytle who's a sixth year super senior offensive lineman for the Duke Blue Devils he's a transfer after five years at Colorado playing offensive line there Chance Lytle found his way over to the Duke Blue Devils with Mike Elko and this new regime in that program. And he went viral for 
him singing opera in the cafeteria in between sessions of training camp. And so we got a chance to catch up with who Brandon, I will pause it right now. And I tweeted this as much earlier. I think Chance Lytle has a very real nomination for the most interesting man in college football based on the conversation we had with him. Yeah, actually, it's pretty bar bar none. I think that's not even that debatable. I would like to have a bunch of interviews to see if anyone can challenge him in being more interesting. But during that interview, Mike, I thought I was interviewing a vet. Like, it was like... Is that fair to say? Like, oh, it I was mean, like... He's, he's going into his sixth college training camp. <laughs> that is he true. is a full-ass vet and a 24-year-old man playing college football. And boy, does he have his shit together on and off the field. So we'll learn a lot about his musical background. I was stunned to find out he has more in common with our friend and former fiddle player Jason Fitz than I ever could have imagined. He essentially so is true. like if you made me and Jason Fitz into one person, it would be Chance Lytle. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I wish I was thinking about that during it. All I can think about was the fact that this man is a uh, multitude of talents. He, he's one of those guys that – he's a true renaissance man, to be honest with you. He's like, this is what I'm going to get hot doing right now. It, it really is remarkable to talk to someone that young with their shit already that much together. So we're very excited. That interview is going to run first on this podcast with Chance. So – Duke fans, I'm sure you're already well acquainted with, but I am very excited for the rest of the nation to get to know this guy as we head into college football season. We'll then have the interview with Aaron Schatz as well to preview the AFC North if you want to get ready for that. Obviously, a lot of Aaron stuff super relevant for fantasy football as people get ready to start having their drafts now. So all of that, the Football Outsiders Almanac is a great tool. You'll hear us talk about that as well. But Brandon, before we get to any of that, Couple items on the docket here. One LeBron James related and the other Hard Knocks related. We didn't get to episode two because you and I were busy watching the Manti documentary yesterday. We've both watched it since. And listen, if once is certainly not a pattern, we know three is probably that point. Two episodes in, I'm willing to say, this is a good Hard Knocks season. And I think it's going to stay good. It's a good Hard Knocks season, Mike, but it's one of the first Hard Knocks seasons that's good. And the quarterback is not even a footnote. Right. Like he, like Jared Goff, I, I joked when we were on the sweat that he seems like he's not uh, disinterested. But the more I get engaged and pulled in by Dan Campbell, and the more times they cut away to Jared Goff's face when, it hap- when it's at the peak of like Dan Campbell-isms, like when we're like ready to, to run through the, the proverbial wall, Jared Goff looks like he is on the beach in Santa Monica. I mean, he looks unbothered. It looks like it looks like he's thinking about literally something else. Like he's mastered looking and looking like he's paying attention, but not necessarily that he's paying attention. But he's definitely like attentive. Like he looks like his his mind is elsewhere. I know I'm going too long on this, but my biggest question about the about the Lions at this point in time is the quarterback. Oh yeah, it should be like the Lions are going to be a Jared Goff away. I'd imagine from being everything we want them to be. So we talked about this the other day with Courtney. We know what Jared Goff is, and he's not a quarterback that's going to elevate this team beyond the sum of its parts. Right. That being said, the rest of the parts are really interesting. Like I was stunned. I really completely good. forgot Malcolm Rodriguez, their linebacker out of Oklahoma State, was a sixth round draft pick who is out here just shortening people's necks in practice left and right. You want to talk about a guy built in the likeness. So many people looked at Aiden Hutchinson and said, that is a Dan Campbell pick. Malcolm Rodriguez is a Dan Campbell pick in his physical approach to the game. Made it very awkward for him as they're using him as this golden goose in meetings to shame the veterans in that room. I I love that shit, Mike. I love that shit. And the way he said it was perfect. He, For everyone who's out there who hasn't seen Hard Knocks, it happens all the time in the coach's room, and especially in position rooms. You highlight somebody who has a good practice, usually a rookie, right, that's trying harder than the vets, making more money. And then he says, this guy is going to continue to climb the charts until one of you look yourself in the mirror and say, he's not taking my spot. And until then, he's going to continue to take your spots. And then to say that boldly in front of everyone else and everyone else in the room has to be like, yeah, I mean, dude's killing it. Like, how many people were actually surprised? You said you were surprised at six-round pick. I think everyone in that room was like, oh, I thought dude was at least a third-rounder. Right? I, I, I simply wasn't prepared for that. Meanwhile, and, well, it's his signing bonus guy- was, a, was 100K. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of that slotted at this point, though. Like, and so your agent could do some wiggle room stuff, but more it was just because he's kind of what always gets lost in the cracks is we spend so much time on production. When you get yes. to that late rounds, it's the guys that were really productive, great players in college. And Malcolm Rodriguez was a part of an Oklahoma State defense that cracked skulls all year long. Like, he's the right. old Don Brown line, you solve your problems with aggression. That dude is about as old school as it gets solving his problems with aggression. So we had that on the docket. We got to see one of my favorite things, old school Jack Dads. Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver out of USC's dad, John Brown, former two-time Mr. Universe, in there training his two kids, Equinemia St. Brown, former Notre Dame wideout who's with the Bears. They showed them all getting after it. His dad sounds so much like C.T. Fletcher, where he's demanding dead <laughs> silence in the weight room. He's bitching about his kids having water. I love an old-school meathead. I think it's because I started going back to an actual gym. And so being around meatheads, I forgot how much I just... They're reassuring to know that yes. there's someone with such a clear sense of purpose. This man's one purpose in life was to get jacked and get his kids jacked. And now they have all managed to find their way into a sport that certainly demands you have other skills too, but they handled the being jacked part real well. Yeah, I don't know, Mike. I was I was torn watching it. I mean, like, obviously, I was all for him, and then he just – Kevin Durant caught a stray randomly just saying that was that was the most old man part of it he actually looked up and said you have to train the whole body kevin durant i ask you when's the last time you did a calf raise like it is the solve your problems with aggression version of weightlifting it is so deeply old school that i like while i don't believe it necessarily because we've come a long way in exercise science and these right. are some of the highest level athletes on earth I, like, it's just endearing because if you know how to use it the right way, and clearly his sons have weaponized their dad's best skill the right way. I always said the biggest advantage I had with my dad being a former pro and someone in broadcasting is I had someone who could hand me a roadmap. Hey, here are mm. the places I know you want to go. They're places I've been. So I can learn how to watch film the right way. I can learn right. the foundations of working out that I need. I can learn the basics of broadcasting. And then I've got to take it from there and make it my own. These guys got weightlifting advice from a guy that was two-time Mr. Universe as a bodybuilder. You can't ask for more than that. So you weaponize it the right way, and then you shrug off the stuff about weird calf raises preventing Achilles injuries. I did enjoy seeing uh, the old school dad talking shit, not on the football field, not like not in a, in a media chair, like in the weight room. And now to know where he's like, you see that? They ain't said nothing to each other. Just get in there and get to work. <laughs> he can he can make a point out of anything he sees. And that's how you know he's really an old head. He just surveys the scene and he goes, oh, I can make a teachable moment off of this. <laughs> can we move on to Dan Campbell? Because I feel like he's getting bigger and bigger every time he's on screen. Well, I want I I had two things before we move on to okay. your Dan Campbell point that I wanted to make okay. the point of. One, Aaron Glenn getting up and talking in front of the room here. Their defensive coordinator talking about yeah. the players that had enjoyed success in college expecting to win. It sounds like fluffy bullshit to some people, maybe. Rocket Ishmael came in when we were at Notre Dame before the 2012 season in game and gave a very similar speech when you and I were there. And I remember that. He said, he goes, I remember being on good teams and bad teams. And the good teams I was on looked at every game on the schedule and saw wins. And the bad teams I was on looked at some of the tough games and went, man, I don't know about that. And it was just this mentality. And I remember sitting around so vividly with Capron Lewis-Moore, our former teammate, captain, and defensive end at Notre Dame, who was on that 2012 team with us. And I remember sitting around with him and a couple of other guys looking at our schedule going, well, yeah, why wouldn't we win every one of these games mm, that's in front yeah. of our way? And it seems like a little thing. I promise it's so much bigger than that. And then yeah. the other part that was cool was just even David Blau, their backup quarterback, whose wife, Melissa Gonzalez, was an Olympic sprinter. Them going back and showing the video of him, the coaches, and the team watching her competing in the Olympics, I believe, in Rio in 2021, yeah. was one of the coolest things. Like, I got chills. I got a little teary-eyed. Like, it's really cool to see two people supporting each other. He did get the joke in there, if I was as fast as my wife, we'd have a lot more money. So yeah. it, it just it that part was genuinely heartwarming and a cool reminder of one of my favorite moments from last season. So those felt like the highlights True. to me. What did you enjoy most about Dan Campbell in this episode? I don't know, Mike. I just feel like he's he's um he believes in that team so much. 
Like, I, is that weird to say? Like, like I, I'm believing in the Lions, the Detroit Lions. Like, outside of that, Dan Campbell, let me just answer your question. My favorite part about episode two was the Barry Sanders montage. Mm. Mm. The chance you get to see mm. Barry Sanders do what he did in Pontiac, Michigan, in the Silverdome. Like, I, I don't know, Mike, that was, that's one of those things that kind of gets lost. It almost felt like a, uh, don't you know, old footage gets colorized. Like, yeah. it, it felt like a special treat to, like, get to see in high definition Barry Sanders do what Barry Sanders did. Because we didn't get a chance to really appreciate and live that, like, like the way that a lot of our other people that, you know, older people that appreciate football the way we do got a chance to. And, I mean, talk about a lost art. Running back as a whole. Like, it's always copycat. It's always monkey see, monkey do. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have Najee Harris without uh, without um, Derrick Henry, right? It would just be nice to have somebody that moves like that again, Mike. I mean, Reggie Bush was the last time that we really had somebody that was just like, they're, the, they're, not, they're not done. They're not done well, when they have the ball. And, for, for, and, and I don't know when they're I – mean, until they go out of bounds, like – I, I, the problem is I don't think we're going to have that again anytime soon because this is not a league where having one bell cow running back is the focus True. for anyone anymore. It's not a league where rushing attempts are ever going to be the main way a team makes their hay. For the most part, Derrick Henry's been somewhat of the exception to that, and there are other teams like the Colts that are also leaning heavily into that. Even Kyle Shanahan, but what do we see in a lot of those places? Them make use of running backs by committee. Kyle Shanahan makes a new running back famous every year. So I think for right now, we'll see. The league always waxes and wanes as far as the way strategy morphs. But right now, we're not at a place where I think the next great running back is going to have a tapestry to paint on the way Barry Sanders did for so long. So that right, you're right. That was incredible to get to watch in that. So hard knocks. Stamp of approval, two weeks in a row, riding around and getting it. America's team, the Detroit Lions. Um, <laughs> Dan Campbell seems like a guy, Brandon, that could appreciate a great pair of sunglasses. And Ooh. Dan Campbell wearing knock-around sunglasses seems like a match made in heaven. He's a rough-and-tumble guy. These are sunglasses that are built for all elements, all lifestyle choices. Dan Campbell would appreciate polarized sunglasses that cost just $30 a pair. We got 15 different frames, a ton of different colors. There is something for everyone. You can do custom options if you want Lions colors. You can customize the front, the arms, the lenses, the logo color, all of it. There's over a billion possible combinations in the Knockaround Custom Shop. They are lightweight, they got great clarity, and they have no slip slide or bounce because they got that wonderful rubber nose slip. So, Knockaround Sunglasses, high quality, polarized sunglasses at a truly affordable price. Check out their huge range of shades at knockaround.com. Brandon, we mentioned the LeBron James news that had made it into the uh, news cycle. According to ESPN NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski, the Lakers and LeBron James agreed to a two-year $97.1 million contract extension that includes a player option for the 2024-25 season. Now, some specifics, there's a 15% trade kicker, which makes LeBron James the highest-earning player in NBA history. He passed Kevin Durant and is now in his career will have earned $532 million in guaranteed money on the court alone. That man's been around long enough signing a deal at 38 years old for half a billion freaking dollars. We know he had the chance to uh, walk into next summer as a free agent if this didn't happen. Um, He can't have a no-trade clause because in their CBA, a 38-year-old player can only sign a two-year deal. There's some limitations on what goes on there. But, Brandon, while this certainly clears up the picture and there's all this stuff about how in a couple years the Lakers will have room for another max player on their roster and all these different things, when you start to do the math, Bronny James Jr. is eligible for the NBA draft on his current trajectory in 2024 all roads lead to LeBron James getting what he's always wanted, which is to at least have the opportunity to play professional basketball, which is son, which has been a stated goal of his for years now. Yes. It's Why been are you a goal. shaking your head at me? It's, it's, it's not, listen, when you're rich and famous and successful, your goals feel like benchmarks for people, but they're not, they're just goals. Like all of us, like, you know, how many people set goals every new year's Eve? Okay. Like let, let's slow down. 
trying to. But how many people? Sure. But how many people have achieved all of their wildest dreams throughout the course of a lifetime and an illustrious right. career that's defied expectations at every step? I understand. I understand. And he only told us about a couple of those dreams, and he's made a couple of those dreams come true. This whole thing with Bronny James bothers me as a Lakers fan because now we're talking about not only getting a two-year window at the very least where we are not where the Lakers are not going to be in a position to be automatic write-ins into the playoffs, right? Is that fair to say? Because now that we now that the contracts AD and LeBron James are tied together now for the next two years, and there's not a bunch of room to do anything crazy with that. Now, obviously, there is a potential that we can the Lakers. I'm keep correcting myself. Can now trade Russell Westbrook for for certain pieces, and that can make it happen, and that can help these next two years. But in a in a Bill Plaschke wrote an article in the LA Times saying. This means two more years of mediocrity for the Lakers. And he's very pessimistic about the move. And I understand that concept because this is kind of about Hollywood. Not, But let's be real. LeBron James is an all-NBA player. One of the best NBA players out there and, and therefore helps whoever has LeBron James on their team is in playoff contention. The problem is he's now no longer no longer durable. And that was one of the best parts about LeBron James for a big part of his career is that he played all the games, right? The last two seasons combined, he played 101 games. And the last two seasons combined for Anthony Davis, he played 76 games. So if you're giving $97 million for a player who's going to play slightly north of 50 50 games in a season, I think that's an issue. And I'm okay with that because I think the Lakers are in a position now where they have to do some sort of of a, of a slow limp rebuild. But Plasky's trying to argue that it needs a complete rebuild. It's, it's ludicrous. And if, and if they are really thinking about drafting LeBron James Jr., Bronny James, when he is right now just a top 50 prospect going into his senior year, like, Mike, I, I – I don't want us. I don't. I don't want the Lakers to get caught up in the uh, uninterrupted storylines, if that makes sense. Like the the reality TV that is LeBron James's life can't get caught up into the NBA world so much so that the Lakers are making a bad decision to uh, what, what's that word? Acqui, uh, acquiesce. Assuage. Acquiesce. Acquiesce. Acquiesce, because guess what? They did that with, with LeVar Ball, and, and Lonzo got picked second overall. I'm not saying he wasn't a talent, but he he's no longer with the Lakers. I don't know if you remember. And all, everybody who was on that team that, that Lonzo got drafted to is no, is no longer with the Lakers. So let's get out of the business of, of, uh, of trying to make dreams come true for fathers that are on their way out. And then start thinking about how to build the team now, because I think it actually is very silly that in every freaking article I read online about LeBron James's contract extension, I'm reading Bronny James's name in it. That's 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 silly. Like we're not on Twitter, we're not on Instagram. I'm on I'm on Yahoo, I'm on ESPN, I'm on LA Times. Like y'all got to do better, because this is silly. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings, and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold these receipts for a couple of years because what? The, because the mellow ball was a guy that we did not necessarily think was the same caliber of prospect late in his high school career as Lonzo Ball. Brandon, he shot up. He went to Lithuania. The, I'm sorry, what no, that was Leangelo. Yeah, you're talking about Leangelo. I'm talking about Lamello. Lamelo went to Lithuania too. I'm saying those got that he did while we heard for years he was supposed to be the best one. It never looked like it was materializing towards the end of high school, and then now all of a sudden he's a dog and he's out there. He doing wasn't in shit high school, Charlie. Mike. That's why he's. A, I'm saying he's a dog because he got taken out of high school. Brandon, and started playing my professional point. Ball in my point is 
You wouldn't have predicted a few years ago. So first off, we don't know what the development of LeBron... Listen, will you let... You got to talk for like 20 minutes. Now I will get to offer my opinion on this. It's Skip Bayless. It's my turn to talk. <laughs> I, okay. All, all, I'll, I'll, all I'm saying I'm is... I'm going to make some faces while you talk about is, that. Okay. You can't discount his trajectory, number one. But number two, you're acting like this is a Lakers franchise with a storied history of great transitions here. They gave Kobe the thank you contract at the end that nuked that franchise's future at the end of his run. Com- completely nuked it. That contract hamstringed them in the way they handled. And listen, it was the right way. Kobe was a Laker legend, and this is a place that prioritizes their legends and putting asses in seats more than it does necessarily doing things by the book business-wise. This is about putting butts in seats potentially. The place that I think you're truly wrong is assuming that it means LeBron's going to do this with the Lakers. He's got a player option, which means he will likely set this up to go wherever it is possible to play with his son. Because again, LeBron playing for the Lakers, he already did the part that cemented most of his legacy. It's going to be relative to expectation of disappointment because he only got one championship. But that to me, and all all the blame that you're placing on the James family here, as far as the Lakers' future, is misdirected hostility that you need to be aiming at Anthony Davis. Because this was a bet on Anthony Davis and his trajectory that thus far has not panned out the way the Lakers hoped. This was supposed to be a potential passing that happened in the 2020 bubble postseason that hasn't panned out and so this is not going according to plan for the Lakers because Anthony Davis's time there is not going according to plan for the Lakers that is the heart of all of this that is why things didn't work out in this last year so I'm just wondering why you're so mad at LeBron for wanting to do objectively the coolest thing that you can do because he's able to do it I'm not mad at LeBron I'm mad at Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka for Acting like the acting like the, it's their job to to make LeBron happy. I, even I don't when think it comes they're to acting like, like that. I don't think. How? What are they doing? All they oh. did was re-signing a player that's right now. Brandon, you talk about that. Their only potential option, and there's still a chance that if LeBron James, who had an entire postseason off like he did before the NBA bubble season, comes back and is healthier than he was last year, that they manage him a little more, that he's given up on that dream of playing all 82 games in the regular season, and that maybe now with enough prodding, Anthony Davis will also come back physically into place. Their only chance at the postseason is betting on the horses that got them here. When they brought him over, they signed on for the LeBron James and Anthony Davis experience. They mortgaged that future for that same reason. And so they're sticking with the plan right now understanding this always had a shelf life and it seems like that shelf life has a potential to be two years from now in 2024 the reason why that number is is relevant in my opinion and it and comparing it to kobe as a laker legend is a mistake but where they are thinking about it in a sense of legendary status is the fact that in these next two years, LeBron is likely going to surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time scoring on the all-time scoring list. I think Jeannie Buss wants that to be in and, a Lakers uniform. And why is she wrong for that? Like we just watched a whole Showtime. Not, we just watched a whole documentary about how the Lakers have always prioritized being the biggest possible show and having all of these historic moments happen in their uniforms. Like that's good business. That's why these franchise via, valuations continue to go up. But via but via championship contention or all-time great performances. Like, they celebrate Kobe's last game where he went off for 61 as much as they celebrate a lot of other accomplishments in Lakers uniforms. That is hallowed because it was an individual player doing an incredible thing who meant a lot to that franchise. I know, but I would argue that LeBron James does not mean that much to that franchise. And therefore, there does not need to be this much back-breaking, bending backwards. I think it's silly. So I will will say this, Brandon, part of this is also the CBA. Like, this is not a deal that the length and structure of is in their hands. LeBron James turns 38 December 30th, is limited to signing two-year extensions because he will be 38 or older when his current deal expires. That's a rule in the CBA. So the collective bargaining agreement looked at this situation and said, this is what it's got to be. It's not his fault. He just did the only thing that's available to them no of course I, I listen I'm not mad at the extension I think LeBron deserves that money because in my opinion he's the best basketball player in the NBA's history right him being the highest paid makes sense because he's playing now where money is 
inflation, all that other stuff like that, but he also is the best. So yes, I am okay with that. I am okay with the money that they're giving LeBron James. I'm okay with the time. I'm okay with the stipulations and why. It's so set what up are you not okay with? The concept that this is a legacy program to get Bronny James to the Lakers. See, I but like I, I don't think that's what this is. I think you're seeing all of those headlines where this gets brought up because it's a stated goal. LeBron gave us the answers to the test and said, I don't care how it happens. I want to play with my son at some point in the NBA. And time-wise, he's got an opportunity. Whether or not we believe it's realistic, smart basketball, or whatever, there's a strong chance based on current trajectory the kid's going to play in the NBA. It's just, it's just silly. It's silly. Why, why is it silly? I don't understand why it's silly for a father to want to play with his son if you're the greatest basketball player that you just said has ever played the game, you have demonstrated an incredible amount of career longevity, and your son's a legitimate pro prospect. Why is that silly? Because it's, because it's opinion column bullshit in an It's not opinion column. He stated moves, it as a goal. Moves. This is a player's current trajectory, and it's a guy who has the ability okay. because of how he's okay. taking care of his body to do this. I don't understand why it's so nonsensical. Every time, every time we, every time Justin, every time after a game, Justin Jefferson this this year, we're going to bring up the fact that he said he's going to be the number one wide receiver in the NFL this year. Are we going to yes. do that? I mean, probably not after every game, and we don't bring this up after every game with LeBron Mike. We James. bring this up every day. Are you kidding me? This is brought up every day. This Brandon, is brought up every day. Brandon, if I've it's worked not in Bronny, sports talk just as long Bryce. as you have. This has not been brought up every day. We took, Listen, I worked at ESPN where if LeBron's in the, last... in the headline, I promise we're leading the show with it. I understand how the game goes. And I'm saying we have not spent nearly as much time as you're making this it sound summer, like. It might be more than... This summer. It's the summer. This summer. This is what we every do. Time, every, every time there's nothing, they bring up LeBron James and, and Bronny. Because it rates... And I'm saying rates. this is in the nothing time. This is in the nothing time zone. Now we're talking about actually something. He signed a contract with an extension with the Lakers. Let's talk about real shit. Let's not talk about like, oh, LeBron. It Bron is real. You know, did, you, did you know Bronny James's favorite animal when he was young was a dinosaur? Oh. So, Brandon, if, you, so Brandon if you're planning for a road trip, you only talk about the destination at the very start of the road trip, Right. If you're going to drive across country to California, yes. you only talk about California at the beginning. When you're close, when you're like 10 miles out from there, you don't start to think, man, I'm in California. What am I going to do now that I'm in California? I should make plans while I'm in California. Nope, you just say, I'll keep driving aimlessly here and not worry about my future, even though it's right in front of me. You don't get extra excited when you got to go to the bathroom and you're right by the pisser finally. You don't get that feeling where it starts to well up within you. You just ignore it's it because excited. it's too close. That's not excited. That's nature calling. That's nature doing its, its its ability. And I want to stop acting like whatever LeBron says he wants is nature. That's not how it works. He's uh, a man. The, he, he he built he built he built his company out there in Los in Los Angeles. Of course he wants to stay out there. His son lives out. Of course they want to stay out there, and they don't want to go anywhere else. They they raised in Brandon, Cleveland. What about LeBron James's career so far? would indicate that if he believes something to be true and possible, that he should do anything other than keep believing it. What along the way has not reinforced his decision-making processes, okay. even All if right. we don't always find them sound, even if we okay. don't always think LeBron, the GM, has been the most sound thing, it has netted results that have changed his life and his family's life forever at every stop along the way. The world Agreed. has reinforced the way that this man operates and moves. Agreed. Why would he begin stopping that now? Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Here's my issue. Then you you talk me and you back me into a corner. Here here's the, here's the uh, here's the heart and euro step. I think he should be focused on winning championships for the Lakers or whatever team he is on, oh. like the megastar that he is, and not oh. focused on this fake like oh. uh, daddy daycare NBA league that he wants to play in. This like is this is silly. This like is, is he done? This is, is he this actually is the Lakers done? fan thing, isn't it? This is that. This is. It's not. Okay, it's not this even. Is, it's not even about. It's like it's a. It's a LeBron fan. It's a LeBron fan. Like if he, if he wants to go be a principal at the I Promise School, then I I support him from doing it. If he wants to be on the Lakers and try to help them win a championship, then stop talking about your son playing on the same team as you. Like let's focus on how to how to be how to get everyone else on your team to the level of, of style of play that you did because that's what he used to do. He used to raise everyone up to the competition. Now everyone's just like. 
like, okay, yeah, LeBron tripping again or LeBron holding his ankle or LeBron's laying on the ground after getting, like, grazed in the eye. Like, obviously he's been injured and things like that and all that. I'm worried about LeBron James' focus at this point in time. You're worried about – And it seems like he only cares about – he only cares about – uh, Brandon, he's, he's in legacy, legacy territory, and not, and not, and he thinks he's done winning championships, and he shouldn't be. Brandon, you're operating like the people who told players to get in their playbooks when they do one interview outside of sports, and think no, that's like not, that's like any coach at Notre Dame if they had said because we were doing behind the scenes work and prioritizing that that we weren't focused enough on football or focused enough no. on doing the right things. This man has demonstrated over a two decade career that he is among the most prepared and focused athletes we have ever seen and now because we see a few things publicly while you are not privy to the work being done privately you're going to discount that no he's a man that's very very public with his passions and we all know that he's very very passionate about football and he's very passionate about being a dad and we love to see it and he's very passionate about the future and growing and leaving the world better than he found it right i am all for all those things doesn't sound like it. With that level of split focus and passion for all of these different things, I think it's less likely that he puts the proper fire under Anthony Davis's ass to get him ready to win a championship. Anthony Davis that, is a grown-ass man. Listen, if Anthony if Davis can't find no, it in listen. himself to get started for that, then the Lakers made a bigger mistake than handing LeBron James $97 million over two years. Give me a break with that. Give me a break. It's, Okay, okay. I'll give you okay. I'll give you a break right now, because I'm done with this fucking conversation. Because LeBron James shouldn't. I'm not gonna tell him what he should or shouldn't be doing. But let's be realistic. Let's be realistic. When LeBron James was doing championship level things, even around the bubble, all of his words, all of his actions, everything online was pointed towards that. He used to do a little thing called Zero Dark. I'm not looking at shit because I'm busy trying to win championships. Him don't do that no more. Well, yeah, it's because he hadn't been in the postseason two of the last four years. Last time he was in it, he, he didn't go zero dark 30 for a long time. I'm saying that. Adios mio. Don't do that. Don't do that. He hasn't, he hasn't watched Godfather during the playoffs in a long time. Like, that's what's, like the, the things that usually get him there, he's changing. He's changing, Mike, which is fine. It's all well and good. No, no, no. Growth growth in our athletes is not tolerable, and if they don't keep doing the same things that we believe works, we need to cast them out. It's not that. It's not that. It's not that. I just don't think that – I just – he's worried about the wrong things, in my opinion, But and the Lakers are 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 allowing him to. So, Chase Chase Green out, Dujabar. Uh, you know, I listen. I, I love that the guy I think is the greatest basketball player of all time is going to continue to pad the stats and make it so it's going to be a long time for anybody gets close to him. Like I should be cheering for that, and I am cheering for that. I just think that he get to those things quicker if he was as vocal about basketball as he has been about playing with his son. I am so glad I lived long enough to see someone come with the take that LeBron James is not serious enough about basketball. That is a beautiful place to have arrived hey, in the he discourse. Grown up. He, 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 he grew it up. He grew it up. Maybe, maybe he's above it now. You know, we're not above bringing interesting people on this podcast. We're going to take a break from the LeBron James level discourse here because this is why everyone in the summer talks about this shit because exactly what just happened on this podcast happens every time you drop his name anywhere we've ever seen it so instead we're going to introduce a name here that we think you guys will like and not argue about chance lytle duke offensive lineman and brilliant singer going to join us next here on the podcast It's the most wonderful time of the year. March Madness, getting ready to go in college basketball. And we got some of the best stars in the sport finally trying to close the deal. Zach Eady at Purdue trying to see if he can cap off an historic career with a championship. Much like his counterpart on the women's side and Caitlin Clark, who's been one of the biggest names in sports this entire year. And is looking to see if she can snag that elusive championship that's eluded her during her career. Regardless of who makes it to that final game of the tourney, though, one thing's for certain. It's going to take the most talented people like the two I just mentioned working together to help these teams play at a high level. If you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. How do you find them? ZipRecruiter. 
And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter uses matching technology to score excellent candidates for your job. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And once you review your list of the most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply, so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Gojo. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Chance, uh, uh, first off, we appreciate you making time with us, man. We know it's in the middle of camp right now, and you get the whole preseason going. So, how is your newfound stardom conflicted or coincided with training camp right now as you're getting ready for the season? Uh, it's it's overwhelming. It's <laughs> it's hard to try and balance it for sure. Uh, you know, coming out of practice, we'll we'll finish up like our practice with a couple of up downs. If like some if we did poorly like in the practice before, and then immediately having to run over and do an interview while I'm panning, just yeah, it's a. Uh, it's a gift. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, just dying. It's, it's been <laughs> Listen, a battle. You're talking. You're talking to a former offensive lineman and defensive lineman here, so we understand being out of breath and sweaty all the time. There's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. You're Man. in the right place, but chance. So I, I want to just take people through it. For they're going to be listening to it on our audience here. You're a 6'7", 329 pound offensive lineman who has gone viral for singing opera in the cafeteria during training camp. How did this moment come about? Walk us through the lead up to this viral moment that you've had. Uh, so I had heard that the uh, the new guys, the first years, are going to be singing, you know, in front of the entire team. It's kind of a tradition for a lot of different teams I right know. And so uh, I had heard that we were going to be doing it here. I was like, oh man, uh, I'm going to kill this. So <laughs> so so I waited until I, I kind of was hoping that they would kind of hold off on it for a little while, you know. But not a lot of people knew that I was a singer. So I mean, I don't know why I assumed that. I just thought that the grad students would get a little bit more time, but. Uh, I came in after practice, and uh, I, I, you know, showered as quickly as I could. I ran upstairs to try and go get uh, lunch, and I'm sitting over in the corner talking to one of my classmates because I'm currently also doing class. And uh, then I hear, you know, all of the the thumping of the table and chance, chance. I was like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I pick up a bottle of water. You know, I'm parched. I'm I'm, I'm not really ready to sing, but I'm like, I'm pu- I'm gonna put it all out there, see what happens. So I go up and I was like, you know, I don't. Now that I think about it, I don't really know what to sing. You know, I know how to sing opera, but these guys don't really know opera. I was like, well, the only thing that I can think of that they might know is from Step Brothers. So, so I just pop it out. I just pop it out. Just gave it everything I had. You know, I sang it a little bit too high. My voice is. Uh, I had actually thrown thrown out my voice a little bit for making some calls like some backers that day, because uh, we just had basically a scrimmage that day. So I had like blown out my voice, and I was like, "All right, here we go." Started singing. I felt a little bit off, and I was like, "I'm just gonna put it all out there." And uh, you know, and I got the reaction that I, that I definitely wasn't ex- wasn't expecting, but I was really happy to have from my teammates. So that's kind of how it all came about. I it's love that inc- moment for I, I, I was a graduate transfer as well. We we played at Notre Dame together, but I went to Ball State for a fifth year. And there's there's that moment where everyone on the team looks at you differently, like as a graduate transfer, like they know you a little bit better. Like how's how's it been since that as a teammate? Oh, it's been so nice. You know, it's really hard to introduce yourself to a lot of new people because uh, you know you got to get to know what they like. They have to get to know what you like. Uh, and so being able to kind of put that out there and having so many guys, you know, just come up to me and introduce themselves, you know, how are you doing? And they, they know a lot about me now. And uh, it's made a transition onto this team and like being welcomed by the team. So, so nice and, and so expedited. Uh, I've gotten to meet so many people because of it. And, and the support has been unbelievable. And it's making me feel just really welcome. So. Well, and part of what you like is music. So you spent five years at Colorado, but growing up, you were a violin player. You played the cello, and you thought 
that was going to be what you did. So, I mean, that love of music that's apparently always been a part of your life, did that come before football? Did that come after football? Like, how did your two worlds coincide and come together as you kind of developed both of these interests at a really high level? Uh, it's It's been a really fun, strange journey. Uh, you know, music was, was first for me. I was around music since I was since I was born. My parents were, they weren't really musicians, but my mom loved doing karaoke. She killed her at karaoke. My dad, you know, he would he would dabble with the piano, and I got to listen to him a bunch as a kid. Uh, yeah, and so music was always filling the household. Um, but then I started violin when I was in, like, fourth grade, so I was nine years old. Uh, I didn't start football until I was uh, in seventh grade, just kind of when the middle schooler started. And I did like one season of flag football when I was about like six, and I didn't really enjoy it that much. That's when I realized I was a lineman deep down. <laughs> but I, uh, I kind of had that crossover begin there in seventh grade because I was in orchestra, um, I was also in theater, and then I was in the on the football team, and there was a lot of extracurricular outside obligations for all of those, and then. As the years went on, um, you know, these two worlds started to kind of show that they really weren't that different, you know. These are people who have a craft that's kind of specialized. They practice every single day for it, and then you perform a certain amount of days of the year. And you often, in the case of, like, an ensemble, would have a group um, working together to try and coordinate what you're doing, just like O-Line. Really no different. Extra rehearsals, extra, like, you know, not film necessarily, but, you know, engaging with, like, certain selections of the music. Um, and I realized that, like, the work ethic required to be a really high-level athlete is no different than the work required to be a high-level musician. They're both really the same world, the same types of people, you know, when it comes to their mindset. Obviously, different backgrounds most of the time, kind of different in that respect. But when it comes to the kind of that grind mindset, it's really no different. And so... As I've gotten older, I actually use a lot of my um, practice that I would uh, do as a, as a musician to carry over into sports because music was there first for me. And so when it came to the work ethic required, uh, music was actually my beginning. And then as I got older and football, I got a lot of opportunities, got to meet some really amazing coaches, some speakers that really impacted me and, and taking some of the things that I learned there and applying it to my musical craft. It, it's been too... You know, very different, but also very, very similar worlds that I've gotten to balance throughout my life. So you mentioned uh, the world's coming together in so many ways. Football and injury actually also impacted your career in music, right? On your way into college? Yeah, I... Uh so I was, I was actually intending to be a violin performance major. That was kind of the goal. Um, and that had been the goal for a long time because I'd really enjoyed uh, music. I really, I really enjoyed violin specifically. It felt so natural. I had been doing it for so long. Um, and then as I was getting older and I began to realize, you know, what it takes to be an offensive lineman, that there's a lot, of, a lot of strikes that you do with your hands. There's a lot of your fingers getting crushed by, you know, face masks or somebody twisting really fast. You know, things happen. Uh, and as a musician, you know, people get insurance on just their fingers, you know, as a violinist. Wow. So let alone going into a, a sport as aggressive as football for multiple years and then thinking that I could maintain a career for a long term um, was something that I had, I had thought about. But, you know, it didn't really strike me until I found out that I tore my labrum my sophomore year of high school. And then I got surgery on it at the end of my senior season. And so I signed with Colorado um, on my NLI. And then I hadn't actually you know, gotten into the school of music yet. I had just gotten into the school. And so if I wanted to go to the school of music, that's a whole separate audition. And so I was worried, wait a second, uh, I'm going to be in a sling. I'm not going to be able to play, yet I'm still going to Colorado no matter what. I better figure something out really quick. And so I learned how to sing as fast as I could. Uh, I had like, like four months of prep because I found out the day of my surgery and then the date of the audition was like one month later. So I was like, shoot, I have like, I have like four months. So I started practicing as hard as I could. I joined the choir, found out I had like, a pretty good knack for it. But my goal was just to get in, and then I was going to switch uh, back to violin. But after I had gotten in and I had spoken with professors, I had really kind of fallen in love with the art of singing. And I realized that there's not a lot of injuries that you get to the throat as much in sports. Uh, and so I could maintain that career probably a lot longer. And so I just kind of fell in love with it, and things kind of lined up properly. And then that's just what I stuck with. So. Wow. So, so what did you end up majoring in in Colorado? So I got a degree in um, a bachelor's in music, but it's my degree is in uh, vocal performance with an emphasis in like operatic bass. So I have a degree in opera performance. <sighs> 
The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn five bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. That means as we lurch towards March Madness, you can try and figure out who's gonna win this whole thing. On the men's side, teams like UConn, Houston, and Purdue. On the women's side, South Carolina, Stanford, the Lady Irish in Notre Dame, or maybe Caitlin Clark's Iowa Hawkeyes finally get over the hump. Make the decision for yourself and head over and download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code GOJO when you do. New customers can bet five bucks and get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code GOJO, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, that's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Wow. And so, like, wow life after football for you is that what you want to do then you want to like how does that translate for you to the next level for this yeah so well i mean after football you know i'm i'm, I'm in my last year of college football we all kind of know how that journey looks like you know i'm going to do my best to make it to the next level and uh, put everything that i can into it while i can because you know this isn't going to be an opportunity that lasts uh, for the rest of my life however music always will be there um you know i'm a bass which is a lower voice voice type and as you get older as a bass, your career tends to generally get better. Um, older voices are kind of, if, if you think about like the vocal cords, kind of like strings, right? As, as time goes on and you tune them and stretch them, they get a little bit like looser and can have more of a deeper quality to them. And so a lot of really good basses, the best basses in the world, are generally older singers. And so bass careers normally peak in like their 40s. So, you know, my goal, my goal is to uh, continue music after this. You know, I want to become a professional opera singer. Yeah, I'm, I'm already talking to a lot of the staff here at uh, Duke. Um, I'm hoping to try and move my career, you know, someday to maybe Europe. Um, I want to see kind of the world, and music is a great way to have that opportunity. Um, but, you know, the first thing that's on my mind is football. And so I'm going to be pursuing that every, with everything that I can uh, while I have the opportunity. And then once that's over, then uh, music will be, will be my lifestyle after that. Thank you for educating us so much on the voice, just life in general as podcasters. It's such good, so good to know. Uh, I want to know specifically because your boy, voice is so strong yet angelic, uh, has it greased any NIL deals for you, uh, any wheels there? Because I feel like you'd be the perfect guy to replace the we have the meats guy at, at Arby's eventually. Like, I think, I think it's right up your alley. Yeah, no, no, I've, I've had, it's, it's really overwhelming, you know, I getting, like, as NIL was kind of coming out, offensive linemen generally aren't really kind of the targets of NIL. We're not the superstars most of the time. Um, and so I've been getting a lot of people contacting me for NIL things. Uh, some people are trying to get me to, I uh, you know, promote their apps and things like that, things that I'm, I'm not necessarily as big of a fan of. But some people have asked me to like, you know, kind of run my own podcast. I'm currently talking to somebody about that, about having my own like podcast channel, um, which would be really cool, really cool opportunity. So I'm engaged in talks about that. And I've had a few other uh, people reach out for things. Nothing's, you know, fully set yet, but there's some things in the works and uh, really excited to see where it goes. And it's really cool to get that opportunity, especially as an offensive lineman. It's incredible. Is this something where like you'd pick up like, are there gigs like can you go and sing opera in places around Duke? Are there places where that's an outlet for you right now? Obviously, football season would be kind of tough for that, but like, is this something where now you have picked up gigs outside of that too? Yeah, it's oh man, it's so crazy. You know, I, I I'm getting you know, a lot of like media wanting to talk to me and NIL and things like that. But obviously, my own passions. You know, I I'm trying to go my own path of that. And it was crazy that I got I got an email from the dean of music. Um, and the person who, so Duke has a really, really famous, beautiful chapel here. Um, it's, yeah. it's a massive, massive building. And I got to go in there for the first time probably about two weeks ago. The acoustics are unbelievable. And I was, I was talking to some of the janitors there and some of the staff that were there. And I was like, you know, what are some of the shows that are here? Who can I talk to about maybe getting to sing here? What an unbelievable wow. opportunity. And so I got an email uh, just a few days ago from the Dean of Music and the person who's the head of basically all singing at the Duke Chapel. 
And you know, he asked me if I would like to be part of the choirs, if I wanted to sing anything solo. Uh, and so that's that's in the works as well. You know, we're going to be going and getting coffee pretty soon, and and I'm going to be involved in the choral program here. And I also have lessons set up with the with the, one of the professors in the music department as well. Uh, so my, the kind of music world over here in, in Durham is kind of opening up for me, and I'm, I'm really happy that I get to be a part of it. Do you have, like, a, an ultimate dream place to perform? Like, whether right now it's, like, getting to sing the national anthem somewhere, or like you said, somewhere abroad. Is there a, a top tier that you'd like to hit at some point? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean... Well, Carnegie Hall is a really famous place that a lot of people have heard of, uh, and, and that would be unbelievable. I've always wanted to see there since I was a kid. I had this, I had this crazy experience. I got to go uh, see Stephen Colbert when I was uh, 18. I was just starting college. I at this point again, I had just started kind of singing. I was I wasn't all that good, but uh, before the show. Uh, they brought out a comedian to warm up the crowd, and it's in the Ed Sullivan Theater, really famous theater. You know, like the Beatles first premiered yes. there. There's a lot of really famous performers that first started their careers there in the in the U.S. And the comedian comes out and he asks people who wants to come up on stage. And so I choose to. I put out my hand. He calls me up, and so I come up on stage and he starts asking everybody, "What do they do?" And he's like, "What do you do?" I'm like, "I'm a student." He's like, "What do you study?" I'm like, "I I study like singing." I didn't really think about you know, what was going to happen, but of course follows up and he immediately like hands me the mic and I start singing and at that moment I realized oh my god like I'm I'm kind of performing on Broadway right now and yes. at that moment I was like yeah it's gonna be my dream to be invited on this stage and sing here oh, um, you know I want to sing in Carnegie Hall as well as I said you know that's the bit it's the big spot and then uh, Sydney Opera House would be unbelievable I can sing there. everybody knows about it I've seen it since I was a kid the Sydney Opera House would be unbelievable if I can have that opportunity and that, that's really you know a peak goal of mine well, we apparently have some things in common. I used to work as a page at the Late Show with David Letterman his last year. So I used to go to Ed Sullivan Theater. That was my job. I loved it. And being on that stage is, is, is so different, looking at those red chairs. Yeah. Um, but also, one of my good friends, former uh, strength and conditioning coach Dave Feely, is now yeah. your strength and conditioning coach. Uh, I also was with Rich Skrosky at Ball State and Pat Doherty as well. So we have a lot of uh, similarities. A lot of those people you, I imagine you uh, conversate with on a regular basis. I talk to Coach Feely pretty regularly. <laughs> we have a lot of conversations. <laughs> yeah, Coach Feely is a hell, hell of a Brandon coach. Says I'll let him know. Let him know. Yeah. Oh, man. So, and now for you, there is training camp going on for a season here. You are a graduate transfer who got to college in 2017. So, what is this training camp like? You've got Mike Elko in his first year as a head coach at Duke. It's a new program for you, and now your sixth year around college football. So, what's the experience been like for you so far in the football aspect in this camp with a new staff? Uh, it's it's been wonderful, honestly. You know, I, I there were a lot of different factors in my choice to come to Duke, and one of them, one of the, I mean, the biggest one was that Coach Elko was going to be here, um, and so getting the opportunity to do a fall camp with a coach that I chose, um, especially with my experience now that I've had in college football, being able to make a really educated choice and getting to go through a camp with somebody who is as good as he is, uh, it's probably been one of my favorite camps so far. And you know, don't get me wrong, camp is exhausting. I've been through a lot of them. <laughs> Uh, but but I'm really glad that I get to have my last one uh, here with with uh, Coach Elko and Coach Cushing's my offensive line coach. It's uh, it, it's been wonderful. I've learned so much in such such a short period of time, and I'm I'm so lucky that I get this opportunity to 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 have this experience. I feel like this experience now is going to have to include like you singing the national anthem for a Duke football game, and then running out there with the offensive line, or like. <laughs> As like a celebration, you've got to let out some like beautiful melodic roar in the end zone. I feel like all roads have to lead to something like that. Oh, it's gonna have to. It's gonna have to. I I, I mentioned the idea to coach uh, to coach Yelka actually yesterday as we were walking by. It's like, actually, he was like, we we could talk about something, get something in the works, guy. So so I'm really hoping that it does happen. I didn't get the opportunity in Colorado and like COVID, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it would be amazing if I could get that opportunity, you know, one time before I finish college. Man, congratulations on your fifth camp. I know, I know fifth. We we can all say we all took our fifth years. Uh, uh, fifth fifth year camp hits a little different. So yeah, a lot of a lot of age on these bones, man. <laughs> Play for a while. <laughs> they tell me thirty days. I'm like, all right, man, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you picked up a lot of new fans along the way, including the two of us, man. So 
best of luck with everything in camp and in this season. We'll be rooting for you. We'll be watching, and uh, hopefully more good things to come. If you need people to represent you with these NIL deals, we're happy to broker on your behalf and getting this beautiful voice out to the masses. Oh, that means so much. I really appreciate it. And it's, it's really cool to be able to talk to you guys. There's so much in common in such a small world. It's a beautiful thing. Thanks, Chance. We really appreciate it, man. Oh, thank you all so much. Thank you, Chance. Good luck to the Duke Blue Devils this fall. Very excited to follow the rest of his journey after learning a lot more about the most interesting man in college football, at least right now. At Gojo Show on Twitter, if you have more you'd like to nominate, we are happy to talk to your favorite college's athletes and star players. We will enjoy that. Because we mentioned we have two interviews today and it can be a longer episode, we are going to do this podcast in two parts. So you had this all existing in the first part. Stick around. Part two will be in your feed with the AFC North preview for the NFL season and this, that, and the third. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.